I will read the place of scripture that is written in Matthew chapter 5, verses 45 and 48. That you may be the sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Brother Akadi has given us, uh, or called this place of scripture, a call to perfection, which is the topic of his sermons. And this promise commandment is written in Matthew, in the book of Matthew, and is brought to us through the sermons of Pastor Akadi as inheritance of the saints of all time. It is addressed by Jesus Christ to her toward his disciples. And therefore, those who do not accept the authority of the person sent by God have no relation whatsoever to the inheritance of this commandment. And with regard to fulfilling this commandment, so to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect, we will look at one of the purposes of the righteousness of God in the heart of a person which gives God the basis to give us the promise to be heirs or the, to be the sons of peace through righteousness by faith which he had given to Abraham and his seed. Romans 4.13 For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Righteousness of faith is defined by the obedience of our faith to the faith of God, which is presented in the gospel word of the messengers of God at the head of the person who represents the Father of God for us. And the sign by which we must judge of our partaking to the sons of peace is by our ability to clothe our essence into the holy or the selective love of God. Colossians chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. According to these words, the peace of God in our hearts is possible only under one condition. If the selective love of God or the holy love of God will abide in our hearts and we are going to be clothed into the selective love of God. The character of the selective love of God is presented by the Holy Spirit in Scripture in the light of seven unearthly virtues. They are written in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. This is virtue, knowledge, self-control, patience, godliness, brotherly love, brotherly kindness, and love. This is the bond of all perfection. Scripture says, be clothed in the love which is the bond of all perfection. And this is what perfection is, out of which love is comprised of. This is virtue, knowledge, self-control, patience, godliness, loving kindness, and love. This is how, how Peter characterizes this. And we are going to, we have agreed to uh, rise up on the ladder of Peter so that we can come to the crown that is called love. Because the church must be crowned in order to meet her groom. The bride has to be crowned to meet her groom. And so each of the seven virtues of the fruit of virtue are dissolved in one another and they contain the characteristics of all other virtues because of which they flow from one another, fulfill one another, strengthen one another, 
and verify the authenticity of one another. These virtues and seven characteristics are called to, in our heart, be the moral perfections and standards that are inherent to the essence of God. So all of these components, all these seven characteristics God himself has. God never offers us to have something that he does not have. He offers us to have that which he himself has. These virtues are also the great and precious promises that are given to us through Christ Jesus and in Christ Jesus. And they are the unfading riches of Christ which we are called to become enriched with. And to enter into the inheritance of these virtues in the light of seven unearthly characteristics is possible only when we accept the Holy Spirit as the Lord and ruler of our life. The means that we are called to use to accept the Holy Spirit as the Lord and ruler of our life is when we is when our faith obeys the faith of God. And we must also, to become these partakers of God's essence, uh, we must proclaim these words. These characteristics will help us. And we are concentrated in looking at all of these seven qualities through the selective holy love of God. The selective love of God expressed in seven unearthly virtues and characteristics has nothing in common with the nature of tolerant human love that is filled with uh, ignorance, selfishness, and inconsistency. And apart from the tolerant and selfish love of man, the selective love of God or the holy love of God in seven virtues differs in that it is given the zeal of God, His omnipresence, His absolute wisdom, which is impossible to use in our, um, in our selfish goals. Selective love of God looks like a, like an x-ray at our motives to, to ensure that our goals are correct. And the tolerant love of men, this blind love, this kind of love can be used for our selfish purposes. This is how the places of, places of Scripture define the holy love of God. Songs of Solomon chapter 8, verses 6 and 7. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is as strong as death. Jealousy as cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown it. If a man would give for love all the wealth of his house, it would be utterly despised. The level of the strength of the love of God is defined by the level of our hatred toward evil and those who practice evil. Hebrews 1.9 You this is talking about Christ and those who are found in Christ. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Only by loving that which God loves and ha hating that which God hates can we demonstrate the perfection of God in His reaction to righteous people who practice good and the unlawful people who practice evil and lawlessness. 
for the selective love of God according to its unchanging nature in the format of seven supernatural virtues is called to bring us to the fullness of the measure of Christ or to the perfection that is inherent to our Heavenly Father. The perfection of the Heavenly Father is equal to the fullness of the measure of Christ. And this is so that we can shine with our sun on the just and the unjust and pour out our rains according to the guidance of God on the just for blessing and on the unjust for punishment. With this, it is specifically, and I, again, I have bolded this next sentence. With this, it is specifically the power of the selective love of God in the format of seven unearthly virtues that is called to destroy the power of death in our body and replace it with the reign of the resurrection of Christ in our bodies and clothe our bodies into the resurrection of Christ in the face of our new man. So it is that, that truth that God reveals at the door of our hope. It will never be realized by the church uh, that preaches tolerant love. It's impossible. It might be accepted as a hooray, but at the very next service, it's going to be killed by the person who stands at the pulpit. When studying the first question, with what virtues does Scripture give the source of God's love, we arrive to the conclusion that the love of God is poured out. So the source from where the love of God flows out, it is it flows out of the virtue of God Himself that is expressed in His goodness. Only He is good. Jesus says, why do you call me good? Do you know that the Father is good in heaven? So that for me to be good, I need to be just like Him like him demonstrate my obedience to the word of God for the Holy Spirit to be good he needs to demonstrate the quality of a servant as Eleazar had obedience to the word of God when the father had said you will take that which the son Jesus Christ will give you despite your creative abilities and he does only that which Jesus says he's a creative person um, but he only creates in the rank, uh, in the boundaries of the Word of God. So the goodness or the virtue of God flows from the Heavenly Father. It flows from Christ, the Holy Spirit. And fourth, the love of God flows in our hearts through hearing the Word of God of the persons sent by us. The love of God is contained in the sermon of the messenger, and our relationship toward the gospel word will determine how we will act toward our Heavenly Father in eternity. Fifth, the love of God is poured out in our hearts by looking at the world God has created. God has contained His mystery his goodness in the visible creations. And to see that God does not exist, one must be so stiff, so filled with Satan, so that seeing the forest, oceans, mountains, breathing the air of spring in himself to say, I don't see God in this. People see God. Um... Uh, but some of them do have stiff hearts. Six, the love of God flows in our hearts through the church, or rather, through fellowship with saints. Where there are two or three, there I will be among them.
And seven, the love of God is poured out in our hearts through the good soil of our heart. God has hidden us in His hearts. He wants our hearts to have that quality that He has, the quality of goodness. And without this quality, we cannot demonstrate the perfection of our Heavenly Father. When studying the essence of the love of God that comes from the goodness of God, we arrive to the conclusion that the, that the level of God's love is acknowledged uh, by the love of our hatred toward those who hate God and practice evil. Because only by loving that which God loves and hating that which God hates, we express God's reaction to good and to evil. And answering the question, who and what God loves, we have defined that the love of God flowing out of the virtue of God by nature first loves to have mercy on repenting sinners. It loves the orphan, widow, and foreigner. It loves its nation. It loves its the righteous. It loves the gates of Zion. It loves justice. And it loves a cheerful giver. These are seven qualities that Pastor offers us. There are more, more but... Here are at least seven of them, those we know who God loves. And let's look at what God hates. We arrive to the conclusion that according to Scripture, the love of God flowing out of the virtue of God by nature first hates those who hate God. It hates those who practice evil works. It hates uh, violence. God also hates evil thoughts against our neighbor and false gossip. He hates false gossip when a person proclaims that which is not the achievement of his heart. This is false. Or, excuse me, he hates false oaths. False oaths that are not in our heart. To proclaim these oaths, we must be a disciple. When a person is not a disciple, but he really likes these truths that the preacher preaches about. He says, let me pray. God says, uh, God says in scripture that he loves a false uh, person who swears falsely. Fifth, God hates when the feasts of the Lord are used for the satisfaction of the flesh. Sixth, God hates the work of the Nicolaitans. And seventh, God hates worship toward other gods. And so we have looked at the first quality, virtue, knowledge, self-control, and the next characteristic that we're going to look at will be um, patience. We're going to talk about this patience, or as Pastor has wrote, the patience of Christ. And we were offered seven very interesting characteristics, and I think you will find this lesson very interesting. Um, but before we go on to these seven characteristics, I want to very quickly move forward and show you what patience or the patience of Christ is, where it finds itself. Because in our human thinking, we when we hear the word patience, patience from the childhood, uh, we used to, uh, when we slam our finger at the door, a mother says, well, be patient, be patient, it'll pass. Or I want something sweet, mother says, well, be patient, be patient. So my patience is associated with something that I cannot receive or with some kind of pain. And when I hear the word patience, I have negative emotions that come up. But this is the patience of man. The patience of Christ It is completely found in a different uh, format. The patience of Christ can abide only there where joy is in the heart of a person. Joy abides in a, a good heart. 
If there is no joy, patience will never come. And long suffering will never come as well. In the patience of Christ, when a person waits for certain things, it is found only in the heart where there is unearthly joy. What is unearthly joy? Unearthly joy is a full knowledge of the revelation or the promise which I look upon which is found in God and I look at it with the eyes of God turning around again, turning back the full knowledge of the revelation that leads at the door of our hope the promise that leads at the door of our hope the clothing of our bodies and the resurrection of Christ when I have full knowledge of comprehension that is that knows the time, the statutes, and the place for the fulfillment of this process, of this promise. This full knowledge gives me then the right to have unearthly joy in my heart. When there is unearthly joy in my heart, then the patience of Christ can enter. And so here are seven characteristics of the patience of Christ. Today we're going to talk about patience. It's a very important quality. First, patience contained in the selective love of God in our heart is called to flow in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Colossians 1, 10 through 12, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and the light. The kind of patience that flow in glorious power with joy is the patience of Jesus Christ, which, according to its state and its characteristics, has um, no analogies to the earthly state and definition of earthly patience. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. May the Lord direct your hearts where? Into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. Not just guide, but He will direct. Now He won't just say, there it is, there. Patience of Christ is there. Look, it's over there. No, there's a labyrinth. If the Holy Spirit is not the Lord and ruler of our life, if He um, does not, if He is not the rider of my horse, if He does not control the will that are our lips, I don't need to be shown. Because He is going to guide us along the way to the patience of Christ. The patience of Christ flowing in long-suffering with joy in the selective love of God is founded on supernatural ability to see our inheritance or our calling in God with the eyes of God and the ability of Christ to await with hope the fulfillment of what we have seen. I have Underline this for me. The patience of Christ it is founded on the supernatural ability to see in God, with the eyes of God, certain promises. And this allows us to wait uh, as Christ had awaited for His calling. At 30 years old, He went out. He was a wonderful preacher. From 12 years old, He had spoken such to the people that everyone was, was in awe. 
he waited for 20 more is what kind of patience he had to have to not to make himself famous. He just wanted to find, have the goodness of God. And for this, it's necessary to have patience because God has patience. What kind of patience, the kind of patience that the Father has um, could be astonished by looking at how much patience he has toward me and those who surround me. Genesis chapter 15 verses 1 through 6 shows us how Abraham had looked with the eyes of God. God had offered for him to see the promise and look at it in God and with the eyes of God so that he could have the right to the patience of Christ because to have the patience of Christ is to be uh, fully aware of the promise to see, look at this promise in God to look at it through the eyes of God and then we're going to be able to await for it correctly this is what Abraham had done everything correctly after these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a voice in her vision saying do not be afraid Abram I am your shield your exceedingly great reward but Abram said Lord God what will you give me seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus then Abram said look you have given me no offspring indeed one born in my house is my heir and behold the word of the Lord came to him saying this one shall not be your heir but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir then he brought him outside and said look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them and he said to him so shall your descendants be and he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness he had to be fully aware of the promise because the patience of Christ must come only um, into a heart that is full of knowledge Again, the Lord had said, look at the stars and count them if you're able to. So shall your descendants be. So the patience of Christ had come into his heart and he began to await. It is this kind of knowledge of the future that comes from the revelation given by God that gives us the ability to, um, to endure trials and temptations. The, he, the Greek word patience that identifies the true virtue the selective love of God means to look with the eyes of God to cherish time to distinguish the times to await with joy, to await with hope to do in its own time and to abide in the order of God this is what it means um, to have patience these seven qualities we must have Again, we see here that joy is included here. Um, but along to, to have joy, along with it, we must look with the eyes of God, cherish the times, distinguish the times, abide in the order of God, and so forth. According to these words, it follows that the selective of God expressed in the patience of Christ is called to be expressed by all shades that are tied to awaiting for the Son of God from heaven. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. Even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. According to the, this verse, it follows that every patience that expressed in the selective love of God is tied to waiting for a certain kind of hope. Patience is tied with hope.
to come out and to say, look at the stars, you see, I see, I've always seen them. But today I'm looking at them differently, they're shining differently. I've never looked at the stars in such a way. He began to look at heaven differently. He began to look at God differently, at the church differently. And every holy man, he began to look differently. Patients have the patience of Christ. He looks at the church differently, the saints differently, pastor differently. He acts toward the word differently. When a person repents, everything must now be different. But when a person, after repentance, he does not... Um, he may not have true salvation. Therefore, selective love of God expressed in patience is the ability with all work, either in um, word or deed, we must do in its own time. Because the realization of every promise that is called to be fulfilled in the time established by God is placed in His power. With this, the main enemy of the patience of Christ and the selective love of God is our human haste or our impatience that comes from our own point of view. I figured that would be better, said the king of Israel. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19. Having faith in a good conscience, with some, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. According to these words, uh, saying, or uh, rejecting a good conscience that is the basis for patience abiding in our heart brings our faith to shipwreck because shipwreck of our faith is the voluntary cooperation with the enemies of our faith which are yielded by our own form of view whereas victory over the enemies of our faith in the subject of our haste is denying our own point of view for the benefit of the time established by God. Our impatience founded on our own thoughts, opinions, is a rock in the ocean that stands in the way of our perfection in Christ that will bring us to the shipwreck of our faith. Our own point of view will result, will be the iceberg for those who like the Titanic, will be the, the iceberg that will lead us to shipwreck of our faith. And let's look at three definitions of impatience. Impatience expressed in haste. It is the deadly manifestation of the flesh that replaces the will of God with the fulfillment of one's own will. Second, impatience expressed in haste means that we are beginning to come to the fulfillment of our calling um, in the time that is not established by God, because of which we begin to fulfill our calling in an unfaithful way, which again challenges God in the time placed by Him in His authority. And third, impatience, founded on one's own understanding of the truth, is controlled uh, by religious demons that are professionals in, in falsifying the truth. Falsifying the truth.
In this manner, normally what precedes our haste actions is either some kind of revelation or some kind of event or circumstance or some kind of desire, the source of which is our own point of view over which stands an unclean spirit who uh, portrays himself as the Holy Spirit. Accepting this kind of revelation for the truth, we uh, make ourselves dependent on demonic source and are made into enemies of God because of which we challenge against ourselves the anger of God and endures shipwreck in faith. We also endure shipwreck in faith when due to our ignorance we do not see our premature actions as dangerous. This was um, what the patience of Christ is and what the impatience is. Again, second, what I'm reminding you of is the patience of Christ. Second, patience of Christ is tied to waiting for the promise of ho hope which a patient is knowledgeable about. Romans 5.5 5. Now hope, hope is that which binds us to the future. It's that which is not yet, but we believe in it. And it is found in, in hope. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. To hope is to tr is to trust. When a person trusts the promises of God of which he is well known of, he receives a fundamental or the basis for waiting for the fulfillment of what God has promised. And this kind of waiting um, is expressed in the patience of Christ that comes from the love of God that is poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. If we have the ability to wait for the fulfillment of the promise, then in this manner we demonstrate our love toward God in the patience of Christ. And therefore, a person who waits for the fulfillment of the promise is a person who is patient and who, whom God can trust in because this person refuses to trust in his own visions so that he can be led by the visions of God that are given in the revelations of the Holy Spirit. I want to show you the difference that the patience of Christ and our patience, here there's an example that we need to uh, reject our own visions so that we can look at the visions of Christ. And the visions of Christ allow us to have the patience of Christ. A person who is impatient is a person who is unfaithful, on whom God cannot trust in because this kind of person relies on his own visions that come from his mind. Scripture characterizes this person as foolish because he, due to the pride of his mind, rejects the ability to use uh, the visions of Christ and the patience of Christ. Proverbs 14, 15, 16. The simple believes every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. A wise man fears and departs from evil, but a fool rages and is self-confident. It must be noted that the patience of Christ as the unchanging characteristics of the faithfulness of the love of God toward His Word existed in God Himself. Whereas impatience find its, found its roots in the disobedience of the fallen uh, cherubim. When the fallen cherubim had made the decision to attribute to himself that which belongs to God, his nature was deformed and he began uh, the, the starter of all impatience.
Adam was carnal in this voluntary room. He was spiritual. This is dangerous how he fell. When dis when impatience and haste is have people the, those people who are spiritual. It is a vision of the cherubim that was a subject of his disobedience that gave birth to impatience. Whereas our faith, acting in love, uh, expresses obedience to the word of God. And this kind of obedience of our faith to the faith of God is the midst that produces the fruit of the patience of Christ. Love expressed in the patience of Christ is hope and trust in God among storms of life, our flesh, as well as the destruction of Christian assemblies. The patience of Christ will help us endure this. The tragedy of impatience is that impatience is the voluntary and the conscience form of disobedience to the truth. Again, I have, I have made this bold for me so I can remember it. I'll again, I'll read it so that we can remember it. And then in prayer, we can say, Lord, I don't have any impatience in my life. Again, impatience is the voluntary and conscience form of disobedience to the truth. If a person, due to his infancy, has not acknowledged truth, then his impatience will be imputed to him as sin. Um, that will not be imputed to the second death. But if a person has acknowledged the truth, and instead of representing the patience of Christ, uh, if he demonstrates this impatience, it will be incriminated to him as um an intentional sin, and this kind of person cannot be renewed with repentance, and his ship will be destroyed. His ship of faith. Hebrews 10.26 For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Willfully, again, willfully, if a person has knowledge the truth, and instead of representing the patience of Christ, he will represent his own ignorance, uh, then this will be a willful impatience. And so haste due to impatience founded on ignorance is the result of rejecting knowledge of God uh, so that we can give preference to our own mind. Whereas the patience of Christ is the result of rejecting our desires and our intellectual, uh, intellectual mind so that we can except the heart and the mind of our Heavenly Father. This was the second quality of patience. Again, we're looking at the qualities of patience. Third, patience. Patience contained the selective love of God in our heart is the knowledge and the ability to be found in the right place and in the right time through the revelation of the Holy Spirit received by us through the rep uh, representation of God. John chapter 7 verse 8 Jesus says you go up to this feast I am not yet going up to this feast for my time has not yet fully come so this man was fully aware of the place and the time why? he had patience let's think of this logically what would it be if you went to this, with the disciples to this feast he would go with them but 
There was no miracle done during this feast. Why were there mir many miracles? Yes, he is the Son of God. He had spoken and it was done. No. In order to use that which Christ uses, we need to demonstrate the patience of the Heavenly Father, the patience of Christ. He says, go. And in these phrases, he did not want to magnify himself somehow, but it was not time yet for him to go to this feast. He says, no, even one second. You go to this feast. I am not yet going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. A person who has the patience of Christ is a person who has has the knowledge of God because he has acknowledged the commandments of the Lord and he receives the ability to understand and to be found in the right place at the right time. Whereas a person who is impatient is a person who is based on his own opinion because of which he is unable to be found to be found in the right place and at the right time. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verses 5 through 7. He who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful. And the wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment because for every matter there is a time and judgment. Though the misery of man increases greatly for he does not know what will happen. So who can tell him when it will occur? According uh, to these words that follow us that great evil Um, is that a person does not accept the authority who represents the Father of God for him, who could teach him what will be, how this will be, so that he can be found in the right place and at the right time, and with patience could await for what has been promised by God. We must f fully understand that the patience of Christ is a characteristic of the selective of God in our heart is tied to wisdom that knows what and when to do. First Chronicles chapter 12, verses 32. Of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, their chiefs were 200, and all their brethren were at their commit. David is an image of a person who has a renewed mind that is made dependent on the, on the revelation of the Holy Spirit, which in this case were the twelve, uh, were the 200 chiefs of, I, of the sons of Issachar. And David had listened to them, and they are that wisdom of God that the renewed mind David uses. In this manner, the, 20, the 200 chiefs out of the sons of Issachar were a shield for God under the condition that David, standing at the head of Israel, would follow their word. Let's look at these uh, 200 chiefs. Um, 200 chiefs and the 200 large shields of King Solomon. First Kings chapter 10, verse 16. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold. 600 shekels of gold went to each shield. Take a look. Here we see these 200 large shields and these 200 chiefs out of the sons of Issachar. The lack of wisdom inherent to patience um, will result in very unfortunate results. And it will cause self-destruction. We must note that shipwreck and the promises of God doesn't always happen right away. It happens in one sphere to another sphere. Because of which the inheritance of the promise and the calling of many saints to the ministry was was completely ignored. (laughs) 
Let us take a look at some of the results of impatience that had occurred among the people of Israel. And they had led to very unfortunate results. Many after these results, they could not um, rise back up and they fall. But for some, God had given repentance. And so the result of impatience was in receiving the heir in Abraham. He had demonstrated impatience. Genesis chapter 16, chapter, uh, chapter 16, verses 4 and 15. So Abraham went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that uh, she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Here we see the impatience of Abraham. Sarah had said, uh, God is not giving me a son, so you can go in to my servant. Maybe you will have an heir for yourself through her. And Abraham had listened to her, but this was impatience. This was impatience. And today, uh, ask our guests from Israel, our brothers and sisters, this was impatience. And they now suffer because of it. And we suffer with them because we are partakers to the people of Israel. The whole planet Earth suffers. It doesn't suffer from Ukraine, Russia, Europe. It suffers from this little dot um, that is called Israel. The result of impatience was a crime towards one calling. This was about Moses. Exodus chapter 2, verse 15. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Why did he run away? It was because he did not demonstrate the patience of Christ. And God never will never allow a person to go to... We must know the teaching well that is found in our heart, which gives the format for the joy of God. And then, with this joy of God, patience can enter into our hearts. If there is no patience, a person is not ready. Although he might have high education, he is not ready. The next result was with regard to sanctification. First Chronicles, Now Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. David realized he could not represent or demonstrate the patience of Christ here, and this was uh, very many deaths. The result of impatience was also uh, expressed in the desire to receive material prosperity very quickly. This is written in number 1614. Moreover, you have not brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey, nor given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Will you put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up. Proverbs 28.20 A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. And Luke chapter 16, verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Also, a result of impatience is the awaiting for certain revelations. King Saul had also demonstrated impatience. 
this was a complete knockout that he had then that he was then dealt with. First Samuel chapter ten verse eight You shall go down before me to Gil- Gilgal, and surely I will come down to you to offer burn offerings and make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait until I come to you and show you what you should do. Saul had not waited for the revelation of God through Samuel so that he know what to do. And he began to do that which in his eyes in that moment seemed right, because of which um, he had endured complete shipwreck in faith. The result of impatience is also expressed, um, was expressed in searching for God. Again, David had demonstrated this impatience. He began to search for God without the impatience of Christ. First Chronicles chapter 15, verses 11 through 15. And David called the priests, and he said to them, You are the heads of the father's houses of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, you and your brethren, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord of God to Israel, to the place I have prepared for it. For because you did not do it the first time, the Lord our God broke out against us, because we did not consult him about the proper order. So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. And the children of the Levites bore the ark of the covenant on their shoulders by its poles as Moses had commanded according to the word of the Lord. We are responsible before the law. We can't say, I'm sorry, I did not know. Well, that's too bad. Fourth. Again, we're talking, continuing to talk about patience. Patience contained in the selective love of God in our heart is called to bring comfort to our heart in the union with one-mindedness toward one another according to the teaching of Jesus Christ. Romans 15.5 Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. The lack of the union of patience or like-mindedness is the lack of selective love of Christ in our hearts. If we look at the meaning of this verse, we will come to the following revelation. Devil of all impatience by way of lies sends disagreements among people about the teaching of Jesus Christ. That's what devil does. God offers us to be like-minded. Devil offers us, or not us, again, Pastor said, devil offers the people who have been seduced by him, uh, he sends among them disagreements. During brotherly councils, they say that they have the voice of God in them, and they question one another. That which we hear now is expressed through the patience of Christ. A 
where in the Brotherhood Council they attack each other with words. This isn't patience. Selective love of God and the patience of Christ is possible thanks to our humility before God, expressed in hearing the gospel word about the kingdom of heaven, the care of which are those saints that represent for us the fatherhood of God. Let us read how we come to like-mindedness and through whom through whom we become like-minded. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 20-22 through 22. All the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, Amen, to the glory of God through us. For He, now He who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us a spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. This principle of like-mindedness toward one another we find in the Apostle John, in which uh, he represents the person who represents the fatherhood, fatherhood of God, A person who reads the thoughts of God, he carries the fatherhood. And those who hear and fulfill these thoughts are good. Revelation 1-3, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Again, here we should bring a parallel. You might say, well, you're reading too. You also represent the fatherhood of God. While we read this, We must note that that which I read is not mine. I'm reading, and to my joy, I don't represent the fatherhood of God on earth. You know, when I say that I want to take a deep breath, I always say to God, Lord, thank you that I understand this difference. That's why at the beginning of every of every one of my servants, I mentioned the name of the author of the notes I'm reading. Those who do not and who take someone else's, they're plagiarists. Again, for example, if we paint a picture and we paint it, um, we paint someone else's picture, we should not write our own name on it, but the name of the original author. That's why the f uh, factor of like-mindedness in democratic structures um, is impossible to, to keep. Like-mindedness is not among these churches because the pastor in these services um, finds himself tied to the brotherly council that is chosen by members of the church by way of votes, because of which the minor there is always um, despair within the church. For example, imagine that somebody is chosen uh, 49 to f by 49 to 51 votes. Can you imagine 49 people despise this person and only 51 had chosen? Let the Lord place me and say, go and do what I want you to do, God would say. Because there where there are voting, all those who have not chosen me, they hate me. 
the congregation of saints um, is the body of Christ. Imagine a person who has a person uh, who's the cells of in whom the cells of his body vote between one another. Fifth, patience that is contained in the selective love of God in our heart is the final goal of God toward which He directs the hearts of His children. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 through 15. But I may know Him in the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Rather, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. The patience of Christ is is tied uh, to the promises of hope that we are aware of that are placed in our accounts in Christ Jesus that are called to be fulfilled in the time established by God. Firstly, with that promise that is related to the door of our hope, as well as the promise of hope itself that is expressed in meeting with the Lord in the air, In the patience of Christ, we must pay attention to the fact that it is impossible to move upward toward the goal and our highest calling in Christ Jesus if we do not forget our past falls, past defeats, and past victories. Because to move upward or to press on is to daily play the price in actual time, which is comprised of the fact that we can always focus our thoughts on the promises related to the door of our hope as well as the promise that is focused on meeting with the Lord in the air. So we can always focus our attention on this hope that is expressed in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Or if we look at the full image, it is the second coming of Jesus Christ. That is preceded by those saints who are going to be raptured, their bodies being clothed in the spirit of life. This kind of thinking is a seal of righteousness on our foreheads. As soon as the organized powers of darkness that act through the wicked and lawless people, as soon as they refocus our at attention to the prosperity evangelism and using the gifts of the Holy Spirit, then the goal set for us by God will be lost. And consequently, our salvation will be lost. Let us take a look at how, um, how easily God can focus our attention to evangelism and using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It might seem, well... Maybe there's a mistake that we make, but this mistake will result in us um, losing our salvation. This slight mistake may call us to completely um, change our lives around in, in the wrong direction. 
Again, there's a difference between our patients and the patients of Christ. Our patients usually endures that which the patients of Christ will never endure. Now, the contrary, our patients will never endure that which the patients of Christ will endure because the patience of Christ is the ability to act according to the requirements of the will of God that are known to us by waiting for the fulfillment of the promise of the Heavenly Father in the time and place established by Him with joy and thanksgiving which will give God the basis to show us His thanksgiving for the faithfulness shown by us in our patience. This is quite a definition. We may need to read it again several times at home and then the next day a few more times so that we can learn it. And this, uh, God's thanksgiving will be for us, if we have this patience, will be that He will fulfill His promise that is related to the door of hope, which is the guarantee that we will meet with the Lord in the clouds. We must know that human impatience is expressed in man's tolerance, expressed in using the emotional factors of human love or His tied to his selfish goals, whereas the patience of Christ is the result that comes from expressing the selective law of God, agape, that does not endure tolerant love. And it has mercy only in those cases where repentance is present. Revelation chapter 2, verses 2 through 7. I know your works, your labor, your patience again, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And do you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars? And you have persevered and have patience. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. He who has an ear, and let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him whoever comes, I will give to eat from the tree of life. Sixth, patience that is contained in the selective love of God in our heart is the ability, through waiting, to activate the return of Christ for His church. The patience of Christ that we need is our ability to, by awaiting, to activate Christ for the return of His church. Father is going to look, to watch, be watchful. He is going to look for this patience among His people, and He is waiting to see the patience among the children of God so He can activate the Son. Activate the Son. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for Him, He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. To await in salvation, to wait for salvation. It is waiting for the salvation of our body in patience is called to reign the resurrection of Christ in our earthly bodies and clothe our bodies into the resurrection of Christ to activate the return of Christ for His bride. So, the resurrection of Christ in our body, it activates Christ for His church because waiting for the promise that is known to us, that is clearly engraved on the tablets of our heart and is shown in patience, is that desire that is expressed before God in waiting for what He is, for His salvation to be fulfilled in our bodies. 
God in Christ Jesus is also waiting for this, for this adoption of our bodies to occur. We wait for it and we moan and groan in waiting, and God also awaits for it in moaning and growing. Luke chapter 12, verses 40 and 50. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you did not expect, but I have baptism to be baptized with, and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. How distressed I am until the church is clothed in the patience of Christ, Christ says. How distressed I am, because this will be one of the first signals, one of the first signs in heaven that the church is ready. Then the father will say to his son, Son, I allow you to resurrect the dead and, and take up the living. Therefore, waiting for the return of Christ and salvation um, are those who have been made like people who wait for the return of the Lord from the wedding. You yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, and then when he knocks, that you may open to him immediately. God will not place his wisdom in a foolish heart that is not ex cleansed from dead works. He will also not knock on that door that will not be um, covered in cedar that is yielded by the circumcision of our heart that is a seal of righteousness. God places wisdom in a wise heart, and God never knocks on the door that is not overlaid with cedar, with righteousness. He knocks only on this door. Because he knows that this heart will open to him the patience of Christ. To wait in the Greek language means is active and it uses all the powers, energies, abilities of man to activate this waiting. To waiting for the master to return from the wedding is activeness. There is great activity for our renewed thinking. There is great activity for our spirit, great activity for our body because it is unnecessary to give our body over to be slaves of righteousness. Revelation chapter 22 verse 17 The spirit and the bride say come and let him who hears say come We will not forget that is specifically um, that when we are Striving towards this goal, we will be met with strong resistance against the organized powers of darkness. We will see this resistance in ourselves, in the churches surrounding us, and among the wicked people. Seventh, patience that is contained in the selective love of God in our heart is the result of the fruit of our spirit from the cooperation of our knowledge with the knowledge of God. Let us take a look at how this patience uh, 
trans goes uh, versus long suffering. Long suffering that is about the promise that is related to the door of our hope. Let us uh, finish talking about the seventh point and then we will then pray. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Galatians chapter 5. We must note that each of these components of the fruit of the Spirit, that is the fruit of the tree of life, grown by God in the Edom of our heart, has equal balance with regard to one another, and it has the elements of all other components. And in this unique manner, it verifies the authenticity of one another. Long-suffering in the fruit of the Spirit is patience in the long perspective, things to which we understand uh, Christ and the dimension of the selective love of God. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And so, what is length with height? It's our ability to demonstrate our patience in the perspective of of, the, of time. Sometimes people don't want to promise that lies at the white throne. We focus at the door of hope. What is understanding the with? Through like-mindedness with one another according to the teaching of Christ is our ability to demonstrate goodness in our heart for God and for one another. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verses 11 through 18. Here we see the with. O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our height is... His heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now in return for the same I speak to us children, you also be open. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. People here have not acknowledged the width because they don't have the patience of Christ. And so understanding the depth is our meekness expressing the depth of our humility in obedience to the will of God and understanding height through like-mindedness with one another according to the teaching of Jesus Christ is the obedience of our faith to the faith of God as an expression of hope in the fulfillment of the promises or it's when we have the ability to look at the heavens and call the inexistent as existent a person who has the patience of Christ is a person who has accepted the seed of the patience of Christ. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. To keep the word of the patience of Christ is boldness and trust which we must fully keep until the end. Hebrews chapter 3 verses 4 and 6. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. But Christ is the Son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. This confidence is uh, talking about this patience. Patience of Christ. We must have boldness, 
confidence and we must hold fast. And so patience expressed and keeping um, oh, boldness and confidence is possible when in the house of our Heavenly Father, which is our earthly body, we by faith will receive the resurrection of our body as a, and we will begin to call the faith of our heart inexistent as existent. Keeping in our heart the promise that relates to the adoption of our earthly body with the redemption of Christ is keeping the patience of Christ. Components of patience in keeping our love toward God is so important that the Holy Spirit had prompted Apostle Paul in this letter to show the following. That if we do not grow in our heart the fruit of patience that would express our love toward God in keeping boldness and trust on the door of our hope, we will lose our salvation will inherit perdition with the impatient and haste people. And here are several places of scripture, and we will then pray. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 14. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. And for this, it is necessary for us to have the long-suffering of Christ. Hebrews 6.11 And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. In the last verse, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 26, Revelation chapter 2, verse 26, He overcomes and keeps my works until the end. To Him I will give power over the, over the nations. Here we also need the patience of Christ. May we be blessed in your prayers. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to you for the privilege their hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And you have allowed your inheritance to be up on unreachable heights. In the name of Jesus Christ, may upon this place be cursed all the works of devil, premature deaths, fears, phobias, depressions, all forms of demonic dependencies. All of this, let it be cursed. And so stand, Lord, in place of your rest, and may your saints be clothed in your salvation. Give us more from your Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. We thank you that their service is presented in your godly arms. We ask you to continue to leave it, uh, lead it with your uplifted hand. We thank you that these truths have become a part of our inheritance. We thank you for the great privilege on the foundation of the covenant of blood to be before your holy face. We thank you for the right to turn to you, Father, and consider ourselves heirs of the peace of God. And we thank you, Lord, that we become partakers of your essence, not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith in the obedience of our faith to the faith of God. And we thank you that we can thank you for the justification given to us in Christ. We thank you that you've given us righteousness that you demonstrate in your saints and your inheritance. This is thanks to the fact that you have allowed us to be found in your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for those promises that you present to us. We thank you 
They have given us great hope in your coming. We have said, Lord, and you have revealed to us the great promise that you have hidden from many about the fact that you will come for your saints who wait for you in the patience of Christ. And you will come for your chosen remnants and you have revealed to them this promise that that is at the door of hope. This is that the power of death will be destroyed out of our bodies. And the old man with the noise will be cast down into perdition. And in this place will be the power of life. We thank you that today the resurrection of Christ awaits our bodies. When we renew our thinking with the spirit of our mind and place our thinking dependent on your word, we make our abilities lower than your abilities and we acknowledge in you the birthright and birthright in your anointed men that you have given us and that are called to demonstrate the fatherhood of God on earth. We thank you that the patience of Christ has found a place in our heart. We thank you that you have notified about that promise that has become our great hope. We ask you, Lord, for this promise today to be engraved on our hearts so that you can easily read it. We ask you, Lord, so that today in our hearts great joy can abide. Great joy can abide when we know who you are and what you have done for us and what awaits us, Lord. And our hearts are filled with this joy. And today, all of these losses, all of these sufferings become nothing in relation to that glory that we know about and that we have heard about and that we are preparing ourselves for. And our hearts today are filled with a great joy. And your patience of Christ comes into that heart that contains this great joy. We thank you that today we await all of those promises that you have given us in the state of joy. We thank you that fear, misunderstanding, have no place in our heart because this is a sign of unfaithfulness and resistance to God. But today, despite the fact that many promises are in the sphere of the unseen, we look upon these promises that are found in God, we look at them with the eyes of God, and our eyes are filled with joy. We thank you that we know that we are looking with your eyes because we are looking at that which you have promised with great joy that fills our hearts. We thank you for that healing that you have promised us in Christ Jesus, and we thank you for it. And our hearts are filled with this great joy. We thank you that you have delivered us from premature death, and death does not scare us. We thank you for full victory over the second and first death. We thank you 
they have delivered us and you have promised to deliver our bodies from the second death you allow the bodies of saints to be transformed and to be filled with the power of life in your glory because you will resurrect your church and to this time the Holy Spirit will prepare the church we accept that word that we hear and we with joy thank you for the revelation about the patience of Christ that it is found in our hearts we challenge and we leave all impatience we challenge and we leave all haste we are ready to have those qualities that you have demonstrated in your son Jesus Christ we are ready to continue to look at those promises from the position of joy we thank you Lord there is great joy present in our hearts and full assurance because you are going to fulfill that which you have promised because those promises that you have given you have given us as an oath you have sworn by your name and we proclaim these oaths we do not express them vainly today these oaths have become the achievement of our heart as the Lord lives our stronghold we shall not fall the Lord our rock lives the power of death will be destroyed from our bodies and it will be replaced with the power of life we thank you and we ask you to hear our prayers to hear us according to your righteousness and your mercy because we turn to you and we thank you that you give us a new revelation you reveal to us your commandment that you have hidden in your word we thank you for this privilege to hear this revelation and to become partakers of this wonderful portion that awaits your saints your chosen remnants we thank you and we ask you to look upon us from your holy temple and deliver us from our enemies deliver us from the old man we thank you that you have allowed us through the death of the Lord Jesus and through baptism to destroy relationships with the old man because while we remain in this carnal state we are bound to the law bound to the law of sin and death but we thank you that the law of spirit of life has freed us from the law of sin and death in the death of the Lord Jesus we destroy all our relationship to the old man we die to our nation to the house of our father into our corrupt desires we challenge we break off relationship toward the, with the old man we ask you to look upon us from your holy temple we proclaim that this old man has no power in our body saints continue to suffer continue to ail 
and we place this into the patience of Christ and we with joy will await for when this lawless one will be thrown into the underworld you will not throw him into the underworld until we are separated from him until we destroy our relationship with him by destroying relationship with him we can thank you they have allowed us to be united with Jesus through his death and to be united with him in his resurrection and to walk in a renewed life. That's why today, Lord, we walk by faith in a renewed life. Today, we thank you that the power of death has reigned not just in our hearts and in our thinking and our soul, but also in our bodies. We thank you for this great fate, for this great promise, for this great miracle and wonderful that will occur at the door of our hope before your coming for your chosen remnants, for your church. We thank you, Lord. And we demonstrate before you and we proclaim this word before you. We are distressed, Lord, but this distress is with joy. We will wait for however long the Father wants us to wait because we acknowledge that the time is in the Father's authority. The Father looks at us, waits, and He wants to see the proclamation of the Holy Spirit along with the Church. Come, Lord Jesus Christ. Come, Lord Jesus. This proclamation comes from our hearts that know that you are coming before you come you are going to affirm your life and your saints we thank you Lord for that source through whom you pour out your goodness we thank you that you have poured out this goodness through yourself and have demonstrated in your son Jesus Christ you have demonstrated in the word of the messenger in the church you demonstrate it in your visible creation. We thank you that your goodness has also found its place in the good heart of man. And we ask you, Lord, so that our good heart, filled with joy and with the proclamation of faith, we await when this promise will be fulfilled. And we ask you to continue to fill your vessel, your anointed one, with your holy oil. We today, with joy, have taken off the breads from the table and we ask you to place new revelations so that it could become the achievement of not just our thinking, but also our body. We thank you that you that we keep ourselves in the wholeness of our spirit, soul, and body through the quality of the patience of Christ. We thank you for that service that we had today. And we prepare our hearts to hearing your word, which you will share through your anointed man, our pastor, Brother Arkady, on Friday and on Sunday. We are going to, with trembling, away for this revelation. Accept it and keep it in our heart. May your holy name be blessed, our holy God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from the hand of the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us conclude with our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.